So really, what is the question, though? If the answer is, in fact, 42... They don't say the question? No, they never establish what the question is. I think the question may be, what is the amount of Blu-rays and DVDs that you own at which it becomes a problem? I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Dolphin Potting. Home Viewing. It's a podcast where we watch all of our movies in our Blu-ray and DVD and sometimes digital library. Occasionally digital. We watched Frozen. We don't own that on DVD. But we watched it. Spicing it up for the new year, huh? Spicing it up. Yes. Uh, Yes, spicing it up. Uh, We watch all of those movies in approximately alphabetical order. We group them by letters. And with occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, you and your truth serum—they would never know. Uh, if they looked at the titles of the movies, they would never know. They would absolutely never know. know. They would absolutely never. know. We have to be honest with our listeners. This is a space of honesty. So it's at this point that I have to tell tell you a truth, listeners. I've been holding on to this for over a year. At this point. We didn't watch all of the movies in B. We don't have B movie. We no, we don't have <laughs> B movie, but we didn't watch Book of Life, which is I think something that does need to wow, eventually. Wow, you really felt like you need to confess be rectified. that. I felt, you know what? Wow, we're going into a new decade. We've got to slough off the sins of the past Jeez, decade. Jeez, now we're gonna have to watch it, including you know the sin of whatever the heck happened. In the story room of the Rise of Skywalker. Listen, it's the end of December. You're gonna get my hot takes. We're we're here for hot takes. This should be posting on January what third? Third. January third. Yeah, hot takes all around. The end of the decade. The start of a new decade. New fresh slate. I'm coming clean. I'm being honest. This is John's honesty podcast now. Okay. Well, I'm leaving. You're leaving. Yeah, I can't moderate this. You can't moderate this? You can't deal with this? Mm-mm. Mm. Is there is there a moment from the last decade that you want to come clean about? No. No? No. Why, do you have something in mind? Sounds like you have something no, in mind. No, actually I don't. Oh. I just didn't want to be the only one pouring oh. their heart and nope. soul out just you. for our five loyal listeners. Five wow, might five? Be Hi, Sarah. <laughs> What did we oh, just... Oh, Daniel listens sometimes. Daniel listens. Daniel lis- doesn't listen sometimes. Listen, hey, if you tell me that you listen to this, I will give you a personal shout out. How about that? Exactly. So let us know. My sister listens occasionally. Hey, Katie. Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to be kind of mean to this movie that we used to very much love. So, <laughs> because uh, with that in mind, what did we watch this week? <laughs> <laughs> moment. <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, I was expecting you to make up a title. Usually, the, f- the fish movie in outer space. The fish movie. Really, no fish actually show up, but there is a song about dolphin or fish. No, they're no. not. Oh no! Oh my goodness! Oh no! Sorry. This the, is bad. The University of Georgia just called. Okay. <laughs> They'd like your degree in biology back, please. 
Listen, the only thing that makes them a mammal is their life birthing habits. Everything else is very fish. Well, no, they breathe air. And the air. Okay, fine. And they, what else? And they suckle their young. That's a birthing and thing. Are fish warm? Fish are cold blooded, I'm pretty sure. Actually, warm blooded and cold blooded is not a real thing. It's not? It's it's an quite an oversimplification. Endothermic and Nothing exothermic. Nothing has cold blood. Okay, endothermic and exothermic. It's that's a real thing though. I know because frogs hibernate. They cool. freeze themselves Do you wanna... <laughs> to death. Not what? to death. They die okay, every winter. How about we... okay. And then Mr. Frog comes out of the mud oh to spawn tackles. Not all frogs hibernate. We are really avoiding this talking about this, aren't we? You know that I have mixed feelings on a movie when it's... You're f- the one who like bought this movie. Five minutes into a podcast. You have the 42 t-shirt. I do have the 42 t-shirt. Let me say, let me say, this movie was very important to a young John. He got it <laughs> off of Netflix, the DVD service. Oh, wow. Do we all remember mailing DVDs oh, yes, back? No, yes. Absolutely, we do. They were very fast. No, so fast. I really... I really loved it as a DVD rental service. It was I kind of cool. wish it still did that sometimes. Yeah. Like obscure titles or something. No, like it would be so cool because there are so many movies that I like want to watch <gasps> and that if, aren't easily streamable. What if like, like yeah, like independent uh, people like sent in their films that could be rented by people. Right. How cool would that be? Like what? what is the one that I've been really wanting to watch? I really want to watch like a bunch of old like older Spielberg stuff. We like, could just make this a thing. I bet there's a streaming like, service that really does that. I want to watch Minority Report, which I know isn't that old, but I want to watch it. You feel I me? I don't think I've oh. seen it. Did you just wake up? Do you want to be on the podcast, Athena? Athena wants to be on the podcast. Athena, what did you think of the movie? Uh, I was asleep for most of it. Yeah. I think I think Mom's never been awake for this movie. Actually, that's an accurate statement. Yeah. This is the first I time. Is, I think we tried like five Five different times. times. And, and I've I only think, seen the first ten minutes. Yeah. You've always seen So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. You've maybe made it to Zoe Deschanel I've seen the house up. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you haven't... Have you ever made it to Journey of the Sorcerer before? Who? Uh, the Eagles banjo track that no. plays. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that track. Perhaps the Eagles' most underrated piece. I love it. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. It's very good. You should listen to the whole thing sometime. Am I going to make you listen to it later? Am I going to throw a midi of it under the end of this episode? Maybe. I I can't make any guarantees as to what I will or won't do. You know, we're just going to try things out. We're going to play in this space. God, did I not like this movie? <laughs> I don't want to feed my critical self as hard as usual. Really? Words and stuff. Okay, tell me what you thought of this. Okay, so I thought at the beginning... like, Okay, so I was into it for like the first 15 minutes. And then it started getting super goofy all the time. Like, I thought it was like the bit that it would be kind of out of it for like the beginning. And then maybe it would level off and be a little more serious. But it's, it's goof town. It is... It's... It's all around absurdism all the time. It has the hokiness of maybe perhaps a BBC radio comedy serial. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because perhaps. So was it, it that was first before the book? 
I so I'm not entirely sure if I'm being honest because this happens a lot where like British TV shows and books and audio dramas like all feed into each other. So like Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, I think it was technically a TV show before it was a book. Mm, it was a radio show before the it book. It was a radio. Right? Well, no, no, it was yeah. a TV show. It was a TV or a radio show? show. Yeah, it was no, a TV show. No, I don't show. think it was ever a TV show, was it? I, I think it was. So like this is a thing where like British writers do everything because it's a tiny little island that everyone just, you know, has three jobs. And that's why, you know, you have the same actors, the same writers on every single piece of mainstream British media. Especially those that are adjacent to, like, nerdy stuff like this. Um, this one... Oh, originally a radio comedy broadcast in 1978, later adapted to other formats including the novel, comic books, and a TV series. Yeah, so I'm familiar with it. Specifically, this was the first Hitchhikers thing that I was ever exposed to. And I was told by people who had been exposed to other ones that this was perhaps the worst Hitchhikers thing, but I always had some affection for it because, again, this was the first one that I was exposed to. That gives me hope if this is the worst one. Uh, Maybe the other stuff isn't so bad. Well, like, you listened to some of the audiobook, and I remember you enjoying it, which I think the fun thing about the audiobook that's most recently come out is it's also narrated by Stephen Fry, who (laughs) is the voice of the guide in this movie. Um, I really like the book and the other books too. I read a few of them. They're all kind of absurdist, but the tone comes off a little better in prose, if that makes any sense, than it does necessarily on here. I think they tried to do a little too much with this movie and in some ways they didn't do enough. I feel like there should have been more guide stuff. I would have Mm -hmm. liked a lot more of that Stephen Fry voiceover in those animations. Yeah. Um... Gosh. Well, but the animations are also... They're hokey, sure, but... Which doesn't really make a good movie, <laughs> per se. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I see your point. I really liked when they sw- like went through a dimension or something and became like stuffed people or something like that. Oh, yeah, like the that. improbability drive. That, that, was, that was cool. That was a good recurring joke, I think. The problem is there's just so many reoccurring jokes that... Or just or, or, or random a lot of like non sequiturs, yeah. You know? Which is absolutely that Douglas Which, Adams like absurdist side. Maybe it could style. have used some more reoccurring ones. Recurring ones, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. Should we talk about what what did work in this? Like, even though the dialogue was a bit like iffy, I still think that the cast did a kind of decent job of making it work. In Martin's some ways. facial expressions Martin were excellent. I remember reading about this, like, Douglas Adams, like, his one condition for if they ever made a Hitchhiker's movie was that Arthur Dent must be English. And I think they cast maybe the most English man in existence <laughs> <laughs> as uh, Martin Freeman, you know? No, I, I don't think I... I enjoyed everyone's acting. Mm-hmm. It's just that the characters were a little flat in general. Yeah. I think it's... They all did a good job with what he they He doesn't know how to write. Well... I, I think this... Women. Yeah. Or the the woman in the show. The, the single there woman. There was two other... There's a few other ones, but they weren't they were important mice. characters. No, there was... <laughs> yeah, there was the vice president, too, who was not also not a woman. And the news woman. broadcaster. Yeah. Well, she looked really familiar. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman was in that for a second. For a second. For, like, two seconds. Zaphod's just this guy, you know? That That's the thing. This entire, like, universe of media is eminently quotable. 
you know, to the point where I was, you know, just saying the dialogue in unison with the movie at some points while we were watching it. Oh, no. And then I was getting bored. That's the thing. This is a movie that made a lasting impression the first time I saw it. And then now it's just kind of been broken down into bits in my head. And those bits are all a little bit incoherent. Um, and, like, the nature of, like, a serial radio comedy is that it is episodic. And I think the problem of trying to translate something yeah. that episodic... Into one linear storyline. Exactly. Exactly. And I there is a linear storyline, but I don't think it has as much unity in film form as it m- might in, say, the books or the, um, or the comedy series. You see, the nice thing about the books is, like, basically every other chapter was a written entry in the guide, and you got more of an idea. Like, they never really, they never explained the towel, you know, in this movie. <laughs> Whereas the, the explanation of the towel is one of my favorite passages in the novel. Like, like, we just have to believe that a towel is one of the most useful things in the universe. But in the novel, it's explained why the towel is the most useful why thing in the Why is a towel the most useful thing in the universe? Because it has so many different uses. That's that's really it. Well, it describes all the uses. Like it breaks it down. Like good for hiding from the bug bladder beast of troll. Good for hiding from the su- sons of whatever planet in the in the desert. Oh, I know why. Why the newscaster looked familiar. Mm-hmm. You're freaking Nanny McPhee. <laughs> Kelly McDonald, mm-hmm. aka the most prolific Scottish actress that in working in like American cinema today. That's funny. So yeah, she's, she's Nanny McPhee. She's she's Merida from Brave. She's the girl in that one really cute and sh- cheesy rom-com with David Tennant that's set in Scotland. Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot that about one? that Isn't one. Isn't that a cute film? So I think Yasin Bey did a pretty good job, formerly known as Most Def, credited in this movie as Most Def, but who now goes by Yasin Bey. Um, Interesting. I think, it, you know... If he wants to change his name, I feel like we should call him by the name that he has changed it yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did some good work as Ford Prefect, who chose the name Ford Prefect because he thought that cars were the dominant life form on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. It's a funny moment that I I really God, the first ten minutes really are so. Did they fun. spend any more time on Earth? No. That's it in the book too. Yeah, that's it. But like. You actually get more of Arthur's perspective, like, when they're off-world. And I think that's what we're missing somewhat, is, like, rather than him just saying what they're feeling. And also reducing it into another movie where a man who is out of his element Uh, is falling in love with Zoe Deschanel. uh, It's not even her fault. I can't even be mad at her. This happens in Elf. It's so annoying. This happens in 500 Days of Summer. This is a mid-2000s problem. Yeah, a mid to late 2000s problem, which I feel like New Girl was made entirely to be like, hey, this character doesn't exist. They're a real person with the, with real issues, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that was such a brilliant career move for her because the first few episodes of New Girl are like, oh yeah, it's all sunshine, rainbows, butterflies, that's who this person is. And then, you know... Her boyfriend has been cheating on her. And then it slowly breaks down that character and shows, no, she is a real person with real issues. It's kind of brilliant because it breaks down that false manic pixie dream girl thing. Trillion, 100% a magic pixie dream girl. Like, she asks 
Arthur to go to Madagascar. Dear God. And then is disappointed when he says, let's not, let's go to Cornwall instead. Though I do love her Charles Darwin costume. That was great. The beagle. Very great. But it was like, they both at one point in the movie, they, they both like think, oh, I blew it. From one time, from one conversation, you completely blew up, like, everything you could have ever... Like, they're putting all this weight into one conversation. To be fair, that was a conversation they had right before their planet was destroyed. But and still... Now, and now they're the last two human beings in existence, possibly. They didn't play that up enough then, because it just didn't hit. No, absolutely. I was like, this is stupid. Like, a lot of the emotions in the movie weren't as believable. And as this girl he's met... Been. Like, once and spent a week with in the spaceship, at the end he was like, 100%, yes, irrevocably, she's the one I'm supposed to love. And I'm like, what? No. (laughs) You don't know her. I think he's maybe, well, part of, one interpretation could be, she's the last human woman in existence. See, I wasn't taking it that way. I wasn't because either, there's because a it's not played up like there's that. all these other planets and stuff. There's clearly I, other humanoid things. I do love the sperm whale is a good friend of mine, even if his existence was very, very short. You see, I I love those just absurdist bits. I wish I think the movie didn't lean hard enough into them. That's that's what it is, I think. Because it tried to force this like romance plot into there. It, it didn't feel like a romance plot. Like you, you see, and I think that it may have been there in the novel. It's been so long since I've read it, but it had more time to develop organically, and you saw more interaction with it between them rather than. I feel like this movie could have benefited from cutting some some settings and staying in like one place for a little bit longer. But let me tell you, if you ever told me. That Martin Freeman gets to kiss Zoe Deschanel, I would never believe you. <laughs> that was the biggest surprise of all. What's the age difference there, do you think? Jesus. It's gotta be dramatic, well, right? Mm, let's let's find out. I'm gonna guess twelve years. I'm going to guess eight. Who are you looking up? I'm looking up Martin Freeman. Then I'll do Zoe. I think she's like thirty five. Martin Freeman is forty eight, so if Zoe is 35, that's a 13-year age difference. I think Zoe might be 29. No, She's 39. 39. Oh, nine, man. Nine-year age difference. That's not so, that bad. By Price is Right rules. This is, I swear. This is a bit of thing that I I've been annoying Bethany I do not enjoy it. I do not enjoy it. He's talking about Price is Right rules. It's not a good where show. You've got to get as close to it as you can without going over. But it's a good thing for guessing Wait, numbers. so he's what? He is 48. Why did I say 29 for Zoe Deschanel? I don't she's know. That's lot... disturbing. Yeah, she's been around. Why would you say that? Maybe I just want Maybe to I'm... imagine that she's close to my age. No. I know that she's not. Mm-mm. No. I, I just think 29 is a lot older than I think it is. Or is a lot it's younger than I think it is. The same How do I put age, it? basically. It's, it's weird to me that I'm only three years away from being 29. That's what I'm saying right now. Is that I'm getting older, and yes. it's scary. Oh my goodness. Like Lord said in perhaps the most important album of the oh, decade. Oh, our... Pure heroin. Our baby friend, Lord. It, it drives you crazy getting old. <laughs> Can you imagine being older than us and hearing that song and being like, what the heck do you know, kid? <laughs> but it's also a feeling it's so that true. you get at yeah, 16, at, yeah. too. It's a feeling that you get 
all the time. Mm -hmm. And once again, I have brought us away from this movie that used to be such a favorite of mine, but that I am clearly uncomfortable talking about because I was disappointed. Like, I know the point of Zaphod's character is to be stupid, but he almost seemed too stupid. You know? He seemed like a lost uh, Wilson brother. Ooh. <laughs> Which I really do feel like is Sam Rockwell's I... entire thing, though. <laughs> it may just have been the is, fur is it... coat a little. And the Texas and the Texas accent. And the crimp accent. hair. Yeah, He's... the Texas accent. Yeah. It is weird to think that, like, the Wilsons and Wes Anderson, like, got their start together. Like, Wes Anderson's first movie was, like, with, like, Luke and Owen Wilson. The Life Aquatic? No! <laughs> and you know that only Owen was in that one. What movie are you talking about? I'm talking about Bottle Rocket. I think what it was, is that? It was his I've never heard feature. of that. It's from the 90s, I think. It was when they were all living in Texas. A lot of good filmmakers from Texas, you know? Like, He's from Texas? Wes Anderson? Yes! Oh, pretty sure he is, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, him, Richard Linklater sure? from School of Rock and, like, Boyhood wow. and... And then, of course, Terrence Malick. Like, there are so many good Tex Texan filmmakers. I don't even... I had honestly never heard of the director of this movie before. Like, I'm... Of, of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't, I don't know this director. I don't know him. Like, directed by Garth Jennings. Have you ever heard of Garth Jennings? <laughs> no. Literally ever. He sounds like he's from Texas. Well, he's English. Oh, God. Films he has directed include The Hitchhiker's Guide to the, the Galaxy, Son of Rambo, which I think is a parody because it says R A M. Born in Houston, Texas. I would have never believed you. His mother is an archaeologist. Wes Anderson's mother? Turned real Oh, he directed agent. that animated movie Sing with like Reese Witherspoon as a parent. Oh, pig. no. Well, I've never seen it. I, don't, I guess I can't judge it if I haven't seen no, it. No, it's a little mean <laughs> to judge bad. it. But like. No, he's only directed, like, five films. And, like, there was an eight-year gap between his last film and Sing. He's Oh, he's working on Sing 2 right now. This was the first film he ever directed. Let's see. He's got some little bitty acting credits. He was apparently uh, in Shaun of the Dead as one of the zombies. <laughs> Let's see. Um, oh, he did some music videos. Oh, he did the A-Punk music video and the Cousins music video. What? And he did Lotus Flower for Radiohead and Nude <laughs> for Radiohead. He did the <laughs> You know the Lotus Flower video, right, babe? The one where Tom York is dancing with the hat on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mostly music videos. Yeah, that's his, like, entire thing. <laughs> I mean, maybe that makes sense as to why there was a music sequence at the beginning. And it makes sense of some of the editing choices that there were. Like the uh, like the Earth restarting sequence where we were seeing like all the nature documentary footage. <laughs> that was cool. I liked that part. I like Bill Nye. Yes. Bartfist. He was fun. Honestly, I don't have much more to say about this. Like, the source material is so funny and so good. And the screenwriting and editing did not do it justice, I feel like. And maybe I'm judging that because I know the source material well. Maybe I'm judging it harder because I used to really, really like it. 
Which is, you know, something that's happened on this podcast before. We used to really like Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, gosh. Remember? Yes. Like, and then that that was one of our biggest disappointments in this watch. This is up there, I think. This is up there in the disappointments. I don't... I mean... I'm glad I owned it. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. This is this is getting to the point. This is dark. A little bit. A little new bit. year, new darkness. Yeah, new year, new us. You know what movie I do want to watch again? Cats. Oh no. Perhaps. No, I will say this: the most joyful the- theater going experience I've had in 2019. Now. And let me be honest: I loved Rise of Skywalker in the theater. I recognize the storytelling problems it had, and I loved it in the theater. I think I had maybe even more fun watching Cats. Watching 1998. Uh, Cats, the movie, would you have expected to love it this much? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> but I think I do love it because I watched the Cats version that was recorded in 1998. But see, that's the magic of Cats. We keep updating it and reinventing it, which makes it the perfect musical for all of time. The thing is, it has some good songs. <gasps> yeah, yeah, I agree with songs. you, Thie. As 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 our as my co-host on my other podcasts, Chris. <laughs> Chris D said, "Chris, uh, it has some like all-time show tunes in there, memory especially. But our, you know, I would agree with him when he says Mr. Mistopheles is up there. They're you all know? bangers. They're not all bangers. They're all bangers. They're not all bangers. All of them bangers. I. Which one's not a banger? Jenny Any Dots. <gasps> Shut up. I don't." I didn't like it when I first watched the musical. I didn't like it in the movie, what? not just because of no. Wilson. It's really good. I, if they were actual tap dancers, it would be better. All I'm all I'm saying is that Skimbleshanks is my boy, and will always be my boy. I loved McCavity in this one. <laughs> he defies the laws of gravity. In, in, yeah, every human law and the laws of law of gravity. <laughs> There's been some great tweets. About you showed me that one right it's like (laughs) every human law which ones i don't know what there are a lot of human laws so if he's broken all of them that is quite something they should have just let him die he wanted it very badly oh my gosh he's not dying it's being reborn he doesn't deserve to be another cat you have to die and get a new life no you have some hard opinions on I'm it. saying he put in more effort than any of the other cats did. But it's not... It's a- not It's not a talent show in the musical. Is this because I'm Catholic? Ooh. You think just because you throw all the money no, in the no, place? No, no, no. I'm not saying because of all the money. It's not money. It's... It's ooh. cat currency. No, it's not. It's But it's not it's about Bitcoin. money. It's like commitment. It's works. You can't just do it on faith alone. You gotta get, you gotta work to get this what is the you opposite. want. <laughs> you gotta work for it. You can't just be like, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and I have faith in Him, and that not live a Christ-like life. Oh, you know, boy. you can't this just is not, be like this is not. You can't terrible. be a murderer and get into heaven on faith alone. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> faith without works is dead. Macavity should be in the heavy side player. <laughs> You broke cats. Congratulations. I broke cats down. A cat no, is not a dog. <laughs> Taylor Swift is Bombalarino awakened something in me. I don't want to talk about it right now. Clearly you do. <laughs> 
I love doing this podcast with you. I have so much fun. You do? I do. I'm having a lot of fun just being up on my soapbox. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hanging out there. Getting ready to knock over some trash cans with Bustopher Jones and Mike Spatz. Actually, James Corden did a great James job Corden as Buster was great. Rebel Wilson was disappointing, but she's always disappointing. bad. No, she's not always disappointing. I've never. But I've, this wasn't her. This was not her moment. I have never gotten her. Honestly. You know who would have been a great Jenny Any Dots? Who? Uh, the girl from SNL. Aidy Bryant. Aidy Bryant. Aidy Bryant would have been a perfect she would have killed Jenny Any Dots. She should have been Jenny Any Dots. You heard it here first. I also don't like that this. Okay, the one the one flaw of cats yes. is that it does distinguish between the larger cats and the smaller cats. They, they never call them fat, though. They're just saying that they're larger cats because we have the chunky cats. Oh, but they do call them fat, though. Yeah, they do call them fat. They do. They but never it's like say an the word fat. No, I think they do in oh, Buster for Jones. That's true. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. You have mixed feelings? Did you yeah. still greatly enjoy the film? Yeah. Also the real, I liked all the plot that they gave Victoria. Also, the real best film of 2019 was probably Parasite with, like, Knives Out in a close second. Ooh. But that's that's a whole other thing. We'll discuss it more once we've seen more <laughs> of them, I'm sure. Because we've still got to watch, what? we still got to see Jojo, honestly. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, we do. Um, But, like, and then <sighs> Uncut Gems, which I think is going to be a wild, wild ride. And I'm looking forward to it. And... Little Women. You guys see Little Women? Oh, yeah, Little Women. We have to see that. Yeah. Which, I just got hit in the face by the <laughs> memory that Christian Bale played Laurie in the, uh, in, Boy. In, in the uh, 1990s Little Women. Seeing the like, You see, st- I remember Kirsten Dunst, and I remember, um... Yeah. How am I uh, Winona Ryder. Winona, yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. But, like, also, we keep forgetting who all is in the current Little Women, because, like, just because it focuses so much on Timmy and Shersha, you know? And, like, Meryl in that one. Who else is in it? Laura. Laura's in it. Laura Dern. Your mom. Oh, yeah, my mom. Yeah, she plays the mom. <laughs> Emma Watson's in it. Florence Pugh is in it. And, like, I want to see that. Oh, we didn't watch Midsummer too. I have that rental. Oh, God. I regret it, it now. There's I'm not in the so mood. There's so much to watch to finish out the decade, you know? We'll still be finishing it next year. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, um, this has been Home Viewing. I would rate this film 2.25 stars. Ooh. Ouch. I was going to rate it higher than that. Really? Yeah. I think I'm just so disappointed by it. Wow. Maybe 2.5. Let's let's. Yeah, because I was going to go with like a 2.48. Yeah. Like, if I was forced to watch it again, I would be fine. But I wouldn't pick it. I would... Watch it again under the influence of certain substances that are certainly legal here in Georgia. Moonshine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel like it would be a fun drunk watch. But I'm not going to go out of my way to do that, you know? We'll see. We must have... D- we did it wrong, then. We did we could it have, wrong. We could have had it all. Mm. Rolling in that deep. <laughs> Is that this decade or last decade? I think... Did I tw- can't remember. If- I don't remember. Did it feels like a 2008. Or 10? But I think it's like a 2012. I think it came out in 2010 or 11. No, because it was my senior year of high school that it was No popular. one cares about your senior year of high school. I care about my senior year of high school. <laughs> sad. Very sad. Hold on. Okay, so we've rated it. 
What 2010. else? 2010. 2010. So it is the decade. It is the proper decade. This has been our end of decade, end of year, Hitchhiker's Guide, Cats, Catholic Faith Discussion episode, which I'm just not sure how can I'm you, even going to title. Can you call spewing things into the void a discussion? Yes. Absolutely. With yourself? Discussion with you, because you had some input there. Hardly. It was it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. I hope our listeners enjoy it, too. Justice for McCavity. There's a new show coming on the network soon, if it hasn't already. Um, Green Mountain Mysteries is a new actual play podcast. Well, that so, sounds like a really good coffee. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> That's exactly what I think when I read the title. Yeah, um... Uh, Oh, man, we forgot to go to the concession stand, so you can definitely hear their ad right after the closing theme and the stinger. Oh, but you're going to want to listen to it, so you can hear all about this brand new podcast. Exactly. Um, If you haven't yet, check out the guest episode we did on Steampunks for the show swap. And, you know, just check out Steampunks in general. Check out Them's the Facts. No Dice is back. They're rolling. Yes. A lot of good stuff going on. In the Pocket Podcast Network right now, so definitely check it out. The Organ Machines, who do our theme music, Oil Waves, from their first EP, um, have a new album out. A new album, you say? What's a it called? album. I will tell you the name <laughs> of that album, which I've listened to several times and still don't remember the name of. I can tell you the name of my favorite track on that new album, which is... Gila Monster, which Chris insists on pronouncing Gila Monster. Um, you know, Alex didn't know any better either. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Let's let's be... Uh, let's... What Lies Within is the name of this album. Yes, it's a good album. Definitely worth checking out. I like it a lot. It's got some bangers on it. It's got some really good guitar solos, which I live for. But, um, let's see, next week... I mean, next time, I think, we're going to do Hidden Figures. Close out H. We've been saying we're going to do Hidden Figures for a while. We're finally going to do it. Close out H. Close it out. And then... Move on to the eyes. Exactly. Move on to depression. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't even see it as a sad movie, though. It is a sad movie. You'll have to stay tuned to know what movie we're talking about. Exactly. It's, in, it's one of my favorite movies. If you can find my letterbox that I haven't used in years, it is in my top four movies. So look out for that next episode in a couple of weeks. But until then, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. This has been Home Viewing. Don't Don't buy buy any any more movies. DVDs. It's never how you knew it. Nobody was sad at that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your head. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Do you like the Dresden Files novels, tabletop role-playing games, improv, adventure, or butt jokes? If not, I don't know if we can help you. Hi there, this is Michael, the host and game master for Green Mountain Mysteries, a Dresden Files RPG actual play podcast about four airsatz heroes fighting wizards and monsters in Burlington, Vermont. Come for the grand urban fantasy adventure full of diverse characters. Stay for the many butt jokes. Seriously, one of the players is playing a proctologist. It's just chef's kiss. 
You can listen to new episodes of Green Mountain Mysteries every Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold.